Jason Ackerman, welcome back to the show. We are live. How's your day going, friend? <laughs> I'm not going to talk today. Cody told me not to talk on the podcast. Not what I said. You can I share my screen? I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you said. <laughs> this is uh, you guys thought this was going to be about what do I do next as a coach, but this is about the giving and receiving of feedback. Everybody, <laughs> Cody likes giving feedback. Cody does not like receiving feedback. Good Correct. advice. Correct, Corey. Correct, Corey. That was good advice. Jay should not talk. All right. Glad to see Cody's alive. Firm, were you worried? I was worried Cody was not going to make it. I was I was super pumped for Corey to, or excuse me, for Cody to leave uh, in order to get a break from you. I was very happy that all of that was going to happen. <laughs> How was your vacation, Cody? How was St. Lucia? It was solid. That was, uh, I was telling Fern earlier, that was mine and Shana's first time traveling internationally. So, um, new experience for us. And tell, tell the story of tell firm. Are you going to get in trouble? I don't want to get you in trouble. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> with trouble with who? What's the, what's the trouble with his wife? Most importantly. Right, so, so we, we have an airport. A crazy story about swingers outside my office. It's like, you couldn't get any worse than that. No, no, I'm in. I'm in. The swingers are not outside my office, just the record. I was listening to a story being told about swingers outside my office. That's it. The, uh, look at Trish's, Trish's compliment. I tried to do this to Cody yesterday. He yelled at me about it. <laughs> I said, Trish, no joke. I text Cody, you're so good looking. And then here's the feedback. Oh, no, what did I say? You're so awesome. Yeah. And does it sound like you? <laughs> yeah, because you, you message me. How are you doing? It's like I haven't gotten a personal text from you in over a week. It's how how are you doing? Vacation, you know, like, you, like okay, something's wrong here. <laughs> I was letting you go on your trip, so I didn't text you. You came back. I said, "How are you doing?" And he was like all mad. Like, what do you want? I was like, I literally just want to know how you're doing. Anyway, tell us about your crazy wife. No, okay. So yes, my my wife is. Uh, she's a. a a psycho when it comes to traveling and she gets super paranoid. So we have an airport in our backyard, but we chose to go to Nashville because it was cheaper. So we drive up the night before stay the night at a hotel. That is it's, it's like right outside of the airport. You can take a shuttle from the hotel to the airport. Our they flight leaves airport at, hotels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, our flight leaves at six 30 and she gets me up at 2.30 in the morning to travel 800 meters to the airport because she's afraid that we're going to miss our plane. Because one time in Colorado, we missed our plane by like two minutes and just had to get on the next flight. Did you go to the airport at that time? Yeah, dude, we were standing in line at security before they opened the doors for security. My wife would have gone by herself and I would have met her at the gate. Yeah, dude. I was like, this is someone that's – Fern and I have – been on probably no less than you know a thousand flights at this point for seminars and it's like we roll in as the pilot you know as the pilots are like we're taking off like cool hold my uh hold I mean, my seat for me i i look at it like this if i'm at the gate prior to them boarding i have i have wasted i've wasted time of my life that i will not be getting back yes and I'm now the for the record it is just standard operating procedure for airlines to operate very late yeah. On some sort of delay. All right. Cody, luckily for you, 
you have married outside of your league. So you get up at 2.30 when your wife tells you to get up at 2.30. 100%. Um, we are glad to have you back. Um, we've got uh, without Cody. We, he did he said it was like he's a great job. I said, I was, I was clicking the banners. I was doing, I was doing, oh, all, oh yeah. yeah, all the stuff going on. Last week, you were, um, you couldn't be on Fern, so I was with Katie and Fern or uh, Cody got on like two minutes ahead of time. I was like, Katie was like, What do you do? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I just hope <laughs> Cody gets on. I was like, I think I got to hit this live button. And then Cody got on, and I was like, Never do that again. Never really was. Yeah, crushed it. He ran, he ran. He ran everything. He was. He was running banners. He had intros going. I even. Crazy. I was messing around. I was getting ready to pull some of the clips up. Like I was like, it's a trap. I was getting ready to. I was going to do it all. Yeah, that's too much. I can't do that. All right, so let's dig in. Let's let's get on task. We got some people here ready to learn more. They take the level one. This is all about you know. We finished breaking down the manual. We're going to do a Q and A next week, right, Cody? Yeah, and ask me anything. AMA. AMA. So next week we got an a AUA, if you will. Ask us anything. And it's going to be anything about the level one. Cody will put some posts on the social media. We'll give good ways to, to get it to us. But next week episode, anything you want to know from what is CrossFit to the squats, the programming, we will answer for you. Today we're kind of just wrapping up the manual. If you read through, there's there's a few pages at the end, the trainer agreement. Where do you go from here? And 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 let's talk about it. I um, I actually have a post to put up later, Fern, that says something to the extent of the the, the level one seminar is the best course in fitness, in my opinion. Any course out there, this is the best. I don't care what you're gonna throw at me. This is the best. However, it's just a jumping off point. It is just a starting point. If you're looking to get involved as a CrossFit coach. Is this where I chime in? Add, add something. Okay, add some value. So, <clears throat> so sorry. That's literally all I do. I was just waiting for you to finish. Um, yeah, I think, and that cannot be stressed enough, number one. And this is why it is a little bit frustrating that people poo-poo on the level one so much. Like, it's it's not enough. We, we literally say that, Jay, one day, potentially, if you ever become a flow master, when you close out a seminar – That'll be something you say, like your journey does not end here. It, this is literally step one of a lifelong journey um, of footprints in the sand where I carry Jay through that. And, and, and per, per, you know, continuing knowledge, right? Like it, you, you, let me tell you why I said it for many reasons, but I put up that post today about 400 meter runs. They're not effective warmups and a good friend of the show. We're going to Canada to visit him, Mike DeBoover of CrossFit Yule, Y-U-L, mm -hmm. was like, well, this should be in the lecture. And I was like, cool, what lecture are we going to get rid of? And he's like, that's like, because that, that's the thing. Everybody's like, well, why is this what, in the lecture? What should, be in the, what should be in the lecture? What should be a lecture? Sorry. How to run, a war how a to run an effective warm-up. Well, that's, it's a, yeah. you could give it. I actually, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed to that. I, there's a, I think there's many ways that you could beef up some of the, I wouldn't put in a level one. That may be like potentially that could be a topic for level two. That's um, the point. There's right. there's only a so much time we we have in a weekend, and only so much we can fit in. My point being like, yes, should we put that in there? Maybe. Should we put back squats in there? Maybe. Should we put hands? Maybe. It's it's designed well, and the the point being, it's not over. Like this is literally just the jumping off point. 
Yeah. So where do we go from here? And this is, a, this is actually a great topic because I think there's some, I don't think, I actually know, I was on a phone call today, um, kind of walking. It's called soft things. talk, guys. Fern just got rid of some soft talk right there. I love the, it. Um, there, there's going to be some changes to the credential pipeline coming from CrossFit. And I think they're wholly going to be positive. There's, they're trying to outline or trying to, they're trying to uh, button those things up. It's not for me to, to tell everybody what those are going to be. I, I, I agree with many, many of them. I was a call on it about it today. They were trying to do a panel essentially. And the, the big thing about that is the, is the continued education of the coach. And, and is that is going to be now stressed, not just within the CrossFit credential pipeline, but just generally speaking, the further pursuit of knowledge, which is the thing that we preach at the end of every single level one taught around the world. It is in the closing remarks. And one of the things we say is like, hey, you should be pursuing knowledge. You should take specialty courses. You should take online courses. You should take courses outside of CrossFit because all of those will be beneficial and you're going to need to garner more and more skills. Pat Sherwood, uh, a, there was a, po uh, I don't remember who posted, I think it was the beyond the whiteboard podcast that he and Boz do. And he was making a comment about past teaching the basics of the deadlift. The hardest thing that you will have to do as a coach is interact with human beings. Yeah. And it's, it's not teaching the deadlift. It's, it's, it's navig. Anytime we have questions, they're all about like, I've got an athlete that insert whatever, or this person won't whatever, or they have a whatever. That's the art. Like that's the subjective aspect of this. And in order to navigate all of those, you're going to have to garner a huge, a huge amount of knowledge over time, much of which you will forget some of which you will retain. But the point is the pursuit of learning to be a better human and be better coaching. The level one is just the framework for that. And we, the many of the, the topics that we, and the concepts we talk about all are all framed in some of the theoretical concepts within that lecture. And, and if you're, if you're thinking about where do I go from here? My first response is going to be go back and read it again and really ask yourself if you understand some of these concepts. And then after that, pursue all of it. Because one of the questions we had in here, um, I think, was what's the most beneficial um, uh, kind of course that you could take outside of level one? And, and my answer is just the next one on your list. It doesn't matter. None, none of them. I've taken tons of them. You've taken more than I have, Jay. None of them are like the unlock key no, for they're being all, a great coach. You know, it's like the the – whole is greater than the sum or one of those quotes in there. But I think one, you know, referring to compound yet irreducible. So I mean like, um, yeah, you're saying is, like the not, sum is greater than its parts. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the gymnastics course, the weightlifting course, et cetera. It's like just by plugging away. And I think something you said and something that's really been on my mind lately, I've said it in our coaches development portion of affiliate you quite a bit. It's like, you really got to love this journey. And if you're only doing the level one to get to the level two to the three to the four or whatever, like you're missing the point. Like when I did every special, go pull up my directory, Cody, Google Ackerman or whatever you got to pull up, pull up my directory. Let, I want to show you all of this, all the specialty seminars I've taken. And my, and while you're doing that, and the, the point, point is, yeah, the point is, it was like, never like, Jay's still terrible. It. He's taking all these specialty <laughs> seminars. This is a like, garbage coach. 
No, I was never doing it because I was like, I want to, I think there was no level two, three or four at the time. It was just like, right. how do I get better at this thing? And, and, and that was what it was all about. Um, and I think in general, like in life, that's a, that's something we need to be, you know, whether it's your training, like I was thinking a lot about it, like these people that complain about programming or this and that it's because they don't actually love the process of improving and getting better, which is what this thing is all about. That is why CrossFit is so awesome. If you only want to do it to, you know, hit this games or to a certain number on your snatch, you're never going to get there because you, you need to really love the grind of it. And it's the same thing. This is how you get your 10,000 hours. Um, one coach. Oh my goodness. Look at this. Look at that. Would you guys take a look at that? Barbell, barbell, endurance, ex oh, the exercise science. That was funny. Gymnastics, judges, kettlebell, lesson planning. Look at all those. Fern, are you just, impressed by that? Record, just for the record, nobody is going to contact this trainer. I've got so many. They should take this blurb out. I got an email right now from this Nigerian prince who's willing to pay me millions of dollars. You should my definitely respond and send him, sending him your account and your routing number. That's what you should do. <laughs> so, um, how do I know when you hit virtuosity? That's the thing. I don't know that you ever do. All right. There's some good things in here. I want to pull up something, a couple things real quick, Cody, before I move on. Corey, let's address this question. This is what I posted. If CrossFit works, even when applied poorly, why would a 400-meter run be considered a bad warm-up? Or are we saying that a 400-meter by itself is a bad warm-up? That I do agree with. I think it's context. To quote Fern, context matters, right? Are we doing a 400-meter run because the coach is lazy and just sending you out there and then we're going to do a snatch? If you're doing a 400-meter, if you're sending everybody out for a 400-meter run so that you can get your thoughts together, this is now a bad warm-up. Yeah, and it's like, what are we doing after this? Is a 400-meter run great to work up to the CrossFit total? Probably not, right? 400-meter run as part of a general warm-up might be very, very good but it also might be very, very bad. The point of the post today was more, a lot of coaches are just like, all right, guys, let's go 400 meter run, get ready. That's why, that's when it's bad. Um, yeah, it, and, to, and to layer on top of that, the, and so, to, and then we'll talk about this question about virtuosity, the, um, cause that's what all of this is alluding to, you know, professional training, scaling professional training, all the things that we're gonna pull up here, just everybody knows these resources should look at them, is the, the Jay is addressing a very commonly used tactic for, for younger, immature coaches who are using that time to get their thoughts together because they weren't prepped and they're not thinking about the overall strategy for the class to set these athletes up for success. It's just a tactic, which use it if you need it, to, to waste time so that you can now get prepared for this thing that you should have been prepared for a long time ago. That is what he's referring to. And anybody who's been around long enough probably read between the lines there. Yeah, uh, not that a 400 meter run uh, is a bad warm up. It's a bad warm up by itself if you're using it um, as a scapegoat to get your shit together. Yeah, but if you write that on Instagram, no one comments, so I don't do that. Um, let's pull up Jorge. I don't. Know. I never know. Is it Jorge or, or George? That is Which, Jorge. Is it Jorge? George is G E O R G E. I have a question. How long would you suggest someone to go into the CFL to? A few weeks after getting level one, even if we have experience as trainers before getting even the level one. So basically someone, we get this question all the time. What's your typical answer for that? I've taken the level one. How long should I wait to take my level two? 
again, I don't know that it matters. Like the, the, it's not how long, right? It's like, what is your coaching experience prior to taking the level two is the question, right? If you're coaching, if you're coaching 60 to eight to a hundred hours a month, you could sit for the level two within a couple of months after the level one, because there's a, there's a certain amount of, again, context and reps that make the level two more or less beneficial, right? So if, if I have no coaching experience, much of the feedback given there will go over my head because I have no context for the feedback. If they're talking about you talk too much, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be in relation to managing a group inside of a timeline. But if you don't understand those simple things, then the, the talking too much just might feel like they're picking on you. Um, or if you've never coached a large group of athletes and somebody's working through a, a seeing drill and trying to teach you about where would be the most advantageous place to stand managing one versus five athletes, you will have no context for why that is important or why it would be severely detrimental to you to not be in the right place. So that's really what it's about. And people say time because they're basing it off of a, an average of hours coached over a period of time and and that would lend itself to you showing up with some experience in order to get the most out of the level two possible yeah i mean i think like you just said ultimately depends on how much time you've got right but i think certainly not five years i think if you're waiting five years you've most likely waited too long. Like well, even- since when you bring that up, that is that, that that was that will be part of the new credential piece. Is a, there will be a lot of changes to that, and I'm I'm actually really excited for the launch. And I'm actually I'm a, I'm going to reach back out to Rex McIntosh, uh, who who's taken over for Nicole Carroll. Um, once they kind of finalize finalize all of this, I want to I want to get him on the show to walk through why they change these things and and just get a little peek behind the curtain because it's very they put a lot of thought into this and they're and they're asking a lot of questions um to a lot of people who've been around like i was on a call with you know some old heads today who've who've been in the space and some new affiliate owners there was like a couple of our affiliate owners and affiliate you on the call in addition oh, yeah. to other yeah in addition to hq so they're canvassing the right people and getting the right feedback by the way, Cody, the image you put up for uh, today's podcast, Chuck Carswell looked to be like 24 years old in that picture. Listen, that's what Chuck Carswell looks like when he shaves his beard all the time. That's what he looks that like right true. now. It's that beard is gray. He's uh, the Mike, youngest looking old man uh, ever. Mike, our, our number one uh, donor. I have my level two the first weekend in April here in San Diego. You guys going to be there. $100 donation, Mike, and we might... We might, we might make <laughs> Yeah. Shoot an email to seminars at crossfit.com. Ask for us directly. Um, unlikely that we wind up in um, San Diego, but you, but you never know. But you never yes, know. Yes, Nick, that was Chuck. <laughs> yeah. See, we, we, <laughs> we, we catfish Trish. She thought Chuck was going to be on here. That was Cody's. Uh, <laughs> Cody was using Instagram. Trish, stay tuned. We are going to be, Chuck will be on the podcast. It's just that we have, so much love and respect for Chuck that we're waiting. Uh, thank you, Mike. Let's pull that up. Yes. That we're waiting to be able to do it live and in person. As a new owner who wants amazing coaching as a cornerstone, how do I? First of all, thank you, Mike, for $5. Correct you. We appreciate that. Right. That goes to the Cody Fund. Um, 
to his next trip. The St. The St. Lucia fund. Yeah, his next trip where he can book at an airport that doesn't require a 230 wake up. As a new <laughs> owner who wants amazing coaching as a cornerstone, how do I balance the members that consider this over? Ooh, this is a great question. It's over- a great question. I think it the I think there's a there's a very nuanced answer to this that, that many people actually won't understand. But you go ahead and answer this first, Jay. First of all, Mike, I gave you a shout out for giving us 50 bucks last week. But that's going to Joby. Joby won. Cody gave him the credit uh, for the hip and back extensions. Um, first of all, I would, I would. Uh, how do I balance the members that consider this over coaching and are turned off by it? Every every member will have a different threshold for this. But I will tell you, just because one member is telling you you're over coaching doesn't mean you're over coaching. It might mean you're over coaching them, and it also might mean they're so accustomed to not getting coached enough that any coaching feels like too much. Um, But this is what Fern and I talk about all the time. The art of coaching. Fern said it earlier in the show, right? It's, it's not, you know, what Sherwood said, it's not the technique of the deadlift that's hard. It's the interaction with the members as you develop. And this just comes from hours and hours, hundreds and thousands of hours of coaching. I can read someone. I was on a call this morning and I had to explain to somebody and I was like, it sounded like an old grumpy white dude. And, and he was like, that's exactly right. He knows the guy. And I was like, you just know people like you coach long enough. Like I know everyone like, and you will get better at interacting with people and understanding where that training threshold is. I, I if you want like a, a very specific answer to this question with regard to that threshold, <laughs> One of the things to consider, and this is the virtuosity piece, right? This is like, I've got my reps and now I'm working on the art and the delivery of all the technical knowledge and balancing, keeping people's attention. Anytime I see that complaint, it is almost solely reserved for changing the pacing with which they teach and call reps, meaning they're talking too long. They're holding people in positions too long. They're not paying attention to certain athletes. And, and the reason I've seen it is because immediately if we run the drill back, what I will do is I will speed up the pacing while removing none of the content and then get feedback from the participants. And they'll all be like, that was significantly better. I was engaged. I didn't have time to think about being annoyed because the pacing of the teaching and the reps and the, and the transitions was all appropriate. And that's where the art comes in. This is where the planning and understanding of people's threshold for holding positions like the deadlift barbell or PVC, you know, how, how much is too much talking? Am I giving five pieces of information when two was actually all they needed before I transitioned to the next thing? That pacing thing is really, really important. And I I might've talked about this before, but I think about a, like a conversation, right? So in this conversation, Jay and I are going, going back and forth, but at the point one of us goes too long, this now starts to resemble not a conversation. It's just me talking at Jay. And when you're coaching, that's kind of what it should be like. I should talk. They should do something. I should talk. They should do something. They do something. I give feedback and then we reset. And there should be kind of a very natural kind of dance with regard to the teaching. And that has a lot to do with it. That's when people get angry because the the conversation has stalled essentially they're not doing anything they're not part of the conversation of this class anymore is really is really where that becomes a problem uh, I think this is a great comment by Joby every single coach should read I know and I bring it up 
First of all, it says how to re- they should read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Fantastic book. Let me ask you, both of you, and I'll chime in. What's one book you'd recommend that's not necessarily, you know, quote unquote, a, a coaching book? Hmm. I'll come back to me on that one. I have to think about that. Oh, there's only, a lot. Come back to me. Of books. You're, you're, Cody, you're one person Cody's away. On, Cody's on here. <laughs> I know, but you're one. Another. It's not like you're gonna have ten minutes. <laughs> right. Well, I, I might only I might only need forty five seconds. The point was there was somebody else that I could punt to. That's like when you go out to dinner and your wife's like, uh, "You order, come back to me," and I'm like, "All right, I'll have a hamburger." Back to you. Right. And she's like, "How long did you think that was gonna take?" Right. Um, Brendan, uh, Brendan just took mine. Obstacle is away by Ryan Holiday, and I haven't well, read it. Let's do this, Cody. Per your directive. Everyone in the comments, write your favorite book for uh, coaching development. Cody always yells at me for not uh, getting the comments going. Let's take a page out of Joby, Brendan, and Amanda's book. Drop your uh, drop your favorite book for coaching in the comments, and maybe we can do something with it. But what do you got, Cody? Yeah, uh, Brendan took mine. The uh, the obstacles away with Ryan Holiday, and I know that he's got uh, another new book out too that I really want to get my hands on. Um, I don't own the the title of it, but it's like a couple months old, maybe. He's got, I mean, he's got the lot. He, he's got a new book coming out every week. I get them all. <laughs> got them all. I, I do. Yeah. I've read all, all of Ryan Holiday's books, but, uh, and I read the Daily Stoic last year, which is, his, what's up? Courage is calling. That's a good one. The Daily Stoic I did last year, which is like one a day. This year I'm reading Robert Greene's book, um, who was his mentor. And it's a lot of similar stuff. Um, Fern, back to you. I like, there's a couple. I really love Legacy. It's about teamwork. Um, and then I just feed. I just finished reading on managing yourself, which I think is a great book. It's it's a it's a collection of articles. Um, it's part of the. I think there's a ten book series. Uh, it's the Harvard Business or the Harvard uh, book review or something. I can't remember what it's called. I'm blanking on it now, but it's part, it's part of that series of books. Um, really good book. It has like a, cause it's written by multiple authors just kind of plucked from different articles and stuff like that. And I think both of those are really good. Um, talk like Ted That's a good is one. an interesting, is an interesting book too. If you're a public speaker. So those would be Which a couple. Every I, coach is right. Correct. That's true. I would tell, I would throw on top of this, um, the five love languages, like Dr. Gary Chapman, I think, you know, you have to look at it from the perspective of coaching and, you know, but every, every member of yours has a love language and it, you know, the way you interact Crucial with them. conversations is a great book. That's another good one. And then um, really anything by Brene Brown and, you know, pick one, probably the classic is, you know, daring greatly. I think it's like her most famous one or the gifts of imperfection, but just that was probably one of the biggest things that was starting to listen to all of her talks. They're usually free, like on any library app, just understanding other humans. So, so I think it'd be beneficial, like just for most people who have taken their level one, there's a, there's a series of articles in there that we kind of close the kind of day one and day two of these seminar with, uh, that everybody it's worth going back and rereading these on a, on a quasi regular basis. But where do I go from here? Um, and the responsible training article, 
um, is one the, that, where's that other one? Yeah, this one kind of talks about the the risks of rhabdo and, and stuff like that, because I think we, this is the one you should regularly remind yourself of, because if this becomes more and more of a nuanced thing, because everybody thinks, oh, it's just pull-ups or it's just GHD sit-ups. And I'm like, no, 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 like this depends on many factors. Depends on what the athlete's done, what is their threshold, what is their experience, what how long have they taken a break from training, how old are they, what sex are, like there's a lot of factors that go into that. And it's just worth reminding yeah, awesome. to just just to be a little bit uh more cautious with that. Uh this guy right here in this picture, Neil Thompson, he's mm -hmm. the original owner of CrossFit Boston. Uh, awesome dude. Oh man, Mike, look at this guy. Another look at this guy, Cody. Oh, we love, we love you. Yeah. This is um, Hey, Mike, for the record, we've actually decided to stop paying Cody. <laughs> you just give him only what you donate. So thank yeah. you for that. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> um, um, for, if we point to you, uh, our, I think, our number one fan, right? Uh, we, we thought you were a super fan, but we've, we think number one fan is, is higher. No, he, it's no more he's part of, this, of, part of, this number part of the one whack pack. We're, we have a whack pack, guys. Fern, I, don't I don't know that I, I don't know that I want to be in that group, but okay. You're, you're not in it. You're a host. So <laughs> Howard Stern had the whack pack, and I would say like our current whack pack is Mike C, Corey Trish's of course, and Trish. Yeah. That's our, and Nick Pierce. That's our current whack pack. Those are our four main members, and let's be honest, they all have their issues independent of one <laughs> another. So those are they're all in the whack pack. Those are our four people currently. Um, Fern, last week on the GHT episode. With Katie, we talked a little bit about rhabdo. Have you ever had rhabdo? Not never diagnosed, but the short answer to that is yes, on, on at least yeah. three occasions. Joby, you're close, but you're newer, Cho Joby. Those four have been around longer than you. Let's be let's be clear. And um and, and you can earn your way into the whack pack. Uh question. Okay. So Cody, pull this up. Pull this up and go to how to develop as a trainer article because again, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Again, we want to highlight that this stuff is in this this information exists. Um uh yeah, right there. Nope, go down. I think it's one more. Page 146. Cody's not, doesn't know how numbers work, apparently. He keeps going backwards. Yeah, right here. So this outlines some basic things that we should all be applying. We'll just read through the list. One, coach or teach. You have to get out on the floor. So every, everybody's like, what, what, what's the next course I should take? The next course that you should take is the 6 a.m. at your affiliate tomorrow morning. That's the next course that you should take because there is going to be some serious learning happening there. Uh, on your end. Watch other experienced coaches. I don't know how you do. I'm pretty sure you and I did this the same, Jay. That's all I did in the beginning. Well, I watched everybody, dude. And I don't think coaches do that enough anymore. They're just like, I'm just not getting better. I'm like, you should just go watch people and steal their shit. I didn't get have the opportunity to watch a lot of people because in 2007, there were Video, dude. No, yeah. So <laughs> I told you guys this on a previous episode. I've walked upstairs and Roz was watching Andy Stumpf. And I was like, are you watching Andy Stumpf? Before I, I just heard it. She's like, how'd you right. know? I was like, because I listened to that video about a hundred times as I was applying to be on seminar staff. But Dude, I, I, I had, I had at one point, this is probably, this is going into my, 
2009 deployment. So let's call it, there's, I don't know, at least seven years of the journal existing at this point. I went on deployment. I downloaded every video from the journal and categorized them. So if they were teaching, if they were level two, level one, by the movement, the specialty uh, videos, and I basically memorized all of them. All yeah. the videos, I was like, if that comes up, I'm going to be able to do that. Like, there's old videos of Dave Tate in there, Austin Beaving, yeah. Adrian Bosman. Um, uh, like, I mean, there's just infinite number of videos in there. And I used to go back and I would had them all. There, there must have been a couple dozen folders broken down by category. And I would just watch them on repeat. And that's how I learned to coach at first. Well, and the other thing that I did, I between October of 2007 and February of 2008, when I took my level two, now the level four, I think I took two additional level ones. So I took the level one three times. Right. You know, for no other reason, like there was no internship, there was no seminar staff. It was just like, I want to do that thing again and get better, by the way. Shout out to Trish. This is why she's part of the whack pack. And the whack pack. She gets it. Um, the old, you know, Ryan, you know, I posted that thing with Ryan the other day about the 75 hard. That was Ryan's post and we shared it. And it's like, yeah, you should be reading an article of the journal every day. If this is something you care about and if you don't like reading, watch it. Like there's so much out there that you should be taking advantage of. But yeah, go to all of, we've talked about this. You're all, well, in the continental US, would you say everyone is, <laughs> Corey Leonard, um, would you say everyone is um, within two hours of a level three at this point? Oh, I couldn't speak to that. But th the point is, is it doesn't matter. It's like you should try. It should be on your radar to try to make that happen. Yeah. And not only is every lecture archive, Trish, you could buy the level one lectures. Katie spoke about it when we had her on talking about how she achieved the level three. She watched Chuck and DT and Jenny and whoever else is, you know, given those like Every, every day that's that's it like yeah. you should it should be a, a part of your everyday living all right um, next turn the you know obviously watch more experience film yourself coaching my dad had this saying when i was growing up when we we watched i watched a ton of film in high school film doesn't lie whatever you think you're doing versus actually doing will be exposed when i when we put you on camera and that is the fact you, you will be your own worst critic and that is the fastest way that you will learn is by literally putting yourself out there videotape it and all of a sudden your learning and your awareness of your own mannerisms what you do will be put on display for the world if you put but so film yourself it, it, it is so valuable it's insane you know and it's it's interesting because we you know we we watch a lot of videos and give feedback and the coach's development the progression, the like to how valuable is that to people? Ask Cody, how many people are watching that on our Instagram? A ton, right? Mm -hmm. And but even like yes, was it yesterday on our on our call, Ren, uh, owner of Flexer in San Diego, she, she we watched her video and she was like, Oh man, I did X, Y, and Z. And I was like, Well, how'd you know that? Because I videoed it and watched it. And I was like, Cool, like I'm gonna give these people feedback, but just the act of videoing yourself, A, makes you step up your game. And then, yeah, no different than watching tape for Division One basketball, right? Like, you go back and you watch. And she was like, oh, I didn't give enough dynamic cues, or this one worked really well. That That's one way you get better, um, for sure. So after that, 
obviously attend your level two. I think it's the best course that CrossFit offers with regard to the, the ability to get feedback and have some serious improvement over the course of two days. Attend additional courses. We talked about that. Read and study everything related to training, movement, and health. Notice it doesn't say read CrossFit stuff. It says everything related to movement and health. Um, study and follow CrossFit.com. Again, it's free resource. Just get in there and be committed to learning and pursue higher credentials, whether they're in CrossFit's um, training pipeline or not. USAW level one, USAW level two, if that's your thing, you know, you have to have athletes qualify to move up the USAW ranks after that. But that's the whole point. You should be pursuing those credentials. Um, All four members of the Whackback have donated on this show, for the record. Well, let's whack it up, everybody. <laughs> let's whack it. Let's whack it. Oh, Jesus. 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 Wow. He's going on a shirt. <laughs> um, that's one of my old, old members at Albany CrossFit. Um Let's let's go on to um, let, let's talk about. I got a question for you, Fern. You know, like we were talking earlier, people say, "Well, we should do this or that in the level one." Is there anything you would add to the level one? Add? Yeah, like no. You don't think there's anything? Is there anything you would take it's, out? It's it, it's already it's 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 already such a huge aggregate of information. Like adding adding more to it for the sake of scratching an itch that somebody just happens to be focused on at this time would take away from the, the what I consider to be profound in nature of that content. There, there is no reason to add anymore. What other people want to add are things that you need to go learn on your own. Well they, well, they should teach this and this and this. I'm like, that's the practical application of these concepts. Go use that. There's no reason to have that in this, in this setting. Um, I understand why people want it, but that's what all the other specialty or, or um, SME courses are for. You want to learn more about powerlifting and low bar back squat and box squat and cool, go do the conjugate. If you want to learn more about, uh, you know, the kip swing, cool, go gym to gymnastics. You why, why don't they teach the kettlebell swing? And I'm like, go do the kettlebell course or the RKC course, like whatever, who cares? Like, that's the point. There are people that will dive. Whatever your question is, you will find a workshop, a seminar, a course, something where they will tell you everything you would ever want to know about that thing. That's where you should go for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple of things. Um, Yanitza says she'd make it a three-day course. It used to be a three-day course, um, you know, and, and it's evolved. I think most flow masters, you know, wrap up the, 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 the weekend with, you know, this thing has evolved from your feedback. So, Please give us feedback, but you know, like you, like you said, add kettlebells. I, I took a level one that had kettlebells in it, and you know they've changed it, and it's it's evolved right. over the years. Uh, what do you what do you say to um? Oh, well, what is the pass fail rate? Uh, I didn't mean to pull that one up. Um, I, I want to like, say it's like in the seventies. Like yeah, I was going to say is, is the. Um, but I was going to pull this one up from Brendan. Would you remove would remove it? anything? No, I don't think I would remove anything. Um. I think the level one is um, super well refined. I'm not really sure at this point, at this point, any changes to the level one, I think would very, in my very candid opinion, be just be changed on personal bias, but objectively speaking, I don't know that I would change it. I, I would change some things about the level two, um, but not the level one. 
Uh, and Trish, for the record, the zone diet is not nearly as big of a talking point in the nutrition lecture as it used to be. Um, so it, it, it's it's in there. It's just they've they've broadened the spectrum for the additional protocols that they talk about. So they talk about intermittent fasting, macros, um, paleo. Uh, if you want to be, like throw an RP and it's, it's more along, yeah, it's more along the lines of like, what do all of these have in common? Um, the, the reason they use the zone or the reason we use the zone in the level one is because that's the one that the CrossFit community has the longest standing, uh, I guess, practice or, or practical application of at this point, because it, that was the first one that they kind of adopted. Uh, well, if you think about it, you know, relative, cause we kick off the lecture talking about hormone response, right? So relative to your insulin and glucagon um, release, the zone has, I don't want to say the best, but but probably the most direct influence on balancing that out. It's it's like the easiest quantifiable um, application of a nutrition protocol with regard to the kind of teeter totter of insulin and glucagon, right? It's it's not perfect, and none of them are, by the way. Um, it just makes sense when you're talking about, yo, we have this, you know, this really big problem with regard to insulin. And here's a very simple, very quantifiable, very effective, balanced way with regard to the three macronutrients to start addressing that. And again, that would be the same as like the level one. It doesn't end there. I mean, how many, how many, we'll stick with the zone for a second. How many different versions of the zone did you do, Jay? When you say versions, you mean like different blocks and then different amounts of fat, et cetera? Yeah. Did you like, did you do, did you ever do like the skinning the zone or the, or the, oh, the triple yeah. fat or like? I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. yeah that's old school for all you people out there. What was that? That was like when you drop the carbs, but add the fat in the beginning. It, I, it was something to the tune of half. I don't remember. Yeah. This is upwards of 14 years ago. But. I, I finished my level one and I remember coming back at six. I did 16 blocks. I talked about this in the nutrition when it was zone. I went 16 because I was a medium male. I went 15 because I realized I was a small male. And then I went 14 blocks because I realized I was actually a well-muscled female. And so I had to, you know, come to that realization. And then I was like, okay. You're still a well-muscled female. <laughs> Some might call me a chubby. A little bloated. Female. It was yeah. a little bloated. Um, but then I didn't know. I did eventually double, triple, quadruple fat. What's the um, highest fat you ever did? I think it was up to like 5X at one point. That was when Austin was five. around and we were just like crushing cashews all day. I was super lean too at five. Um, but I, I'll tell did, you this. Go ahead. This was, this was a big nutrition journey for me. If a small tangent. About 10 years ago, I competed in my last jujitsu tournament. I woke up and I was 160. Brian, you cannot buy your way into the whack back for the record. Um you cannot buy your way into the Actually, I, I disagree, Brian. You can absolutely buy your way into the wagon. <laughs> so anyway, let me tell this story. I woke up at 160 pounds, got this letter in the mail. There's a company, uh, I think it was Naga, North American Grappling Association. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to do a jiu-jitsu tournament, 130 pounds. So I was like, I got to drop 30 pounds. It was like three months out. And I got myself down to like 10 blocks a day on the zone. And I was basically starving myself and my body wouldn't lose weight. And I was like, just hover, like I couldn't drop any weight beyond like I was at like 145 and I plateaued. And that's where I was like, okay, you got to like, that's where I learned about macros. Cause I was like, you can tweak macros a little differently than the zone. Um, no, Corey. So anyway, I don't even know why I was telling you that story. 
Welcome to welcome to what it's like to be partners with. The I'm Jason. seeing all these comments yeah. coming in. I would just like I would just like to take a side. I take a sidebar, everybody, so I can tell a story about myself that has no relevance to this conversation. I, I think uh, the relevance was like the zone works, but you can go too crazy with it too. Like I was I was starving myself, and that's where it was like macros helped me learn differently, right? Because I was like, oh, we can manipulate these right. things. We can add more. Like so, you know, lots to learn. But yes. The, uh, and Big takeaway, I'm a well-muscled female. But this all goes to, th this is part of the overarching theory is, which is nutrition, training or whatever. The, the story that we both told was we just started doing it. We made mistakes and then we altered it. You know, we started with the zone and then I worked up to five times fat. And then I, I think I did like skinning the zone with five times fat. I was mm -hmm. devastated. Yeah, totally forgot about did that. Did paleo for a while. And then I did intermittent fasting for a little bit. Um, played around with, we both, we have both done RP. Um, so all of that is the same as training. It's just like, get out there and train, go do the courses, go do the nutrition, um, courses, like just practice the, because, th and the reason all of this is important, you're going to come across people as, as, as you guys coach more who are going to ask you about these things. And this is the stuff that you want to be super well versed on. So you need to be, you don't need to be the authority on it, but I would argue that as a trainer, you should be you should be aware of it. You should know what it is that they're talking about. Like, so when I'll give you an example, when we teach people in affiliate, you to do an onboarding for the record, we have no specific onboarding. There's just, you could do it a lot of different ways. People are like, I'm using proven or whatever. And I'm like, can you send it to me so that I can look at it and I can tell you what I think about it. And I can be educated on what it is that they are teaching, not good or bad. Just know that it is in fact a thing and then adjust from there. So it's all about just learning more. And I'm like, oh, I like that. And I don't like this. And, you know, I've learned like all sorts of little nuances from different uh, resources like training think tank and all that kind of stuff. Like there's tons of smart people out in the ecosystem and you should be consuming all of their stuff and then immediately turning around and going to use it. The, like they say, like you, you learn your best from teaching others and that's what it's all about. Let's, um, Let's dig into additional questions from the producer, shall we? Cody was like, "Is that me?" That's you. I mean, I'll read them, Cody. But just well, I mean, we've we've already we've already touched on a couple of them. But I, I know I'm not going to read the redundant ones. I get you. I get you. All right. Um, how about this one? Do you think CrossFit Games athletes should have to have a valid L1 in order to participate in the sport? Mm. From from a bias standpoint, yes, that's simultaneously silly it doesn't matter it is interesting though there's not many other sports where there's this seminar that you can take right like that earns you a credential it isn't what and i know you have no idea but if you had to guess percentage of games athletes like show up at the games individuals only male female so say there's 80 of them that have a, an L1 or have at least attended an L1 in the past? I bet it's higher than we think. You think so? Yeah, just because in order to make it to that level of fitness, you've probably have to have been doing this for a while and you've been in the gym, at which point there's you know, at least a decent likelihood that they've done a little bit of coaching and then they probably just didn't pursue it after that. But I would be willing to bet that it's a – well – at some I think it's point, going that is, down every year. That's okay. I was yeah. There we agree. It's probably Definitely going down 80%. because 
No, 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 definitely 90%. But I bet a, a couple, I bet, you know, if we rewind back five or six years, it was probably the majority, but I would argue it's probably less than the majority now. Yeah, I would say like less than 20% now. I'd say back at the top, so it was probably 50 to 60. Like Clearly like Matt Frazier did not take the level one before going on to the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but I know like Rich had taken it. I mean, he was a part of seminar staff. Yeah, he's, he taught it for a while. You know, I mean, a lot of people. Okay. What well, I mean- Go ahead, go ahead. Like, what what percentage of of pro football players do you think have a college degree? That's kind of like what I would relate it to. Like, um, you don't have to have one to play pro football, but you have to have. You do have to have graduated college though, so you can't, or you do have to have made four years in college and played college football because you can't be drafted early. So that that is actually probably a, a very very high percentage of them unless they got unless they got drafted out of JUCO. That's probably a bad example. Basketball would be a better example because there is no requirement to finish school to meet to get to make it to the D League or to the NBA. But like you have to have played college football. Um so that college football is probably like a very high percentage. Basketball, even baseball maybe might no, basically, be, you can yeah. get drafted out of high school. You can dra- get drafted out of high school and then play in the development league. So basketball is one where they you can just leave college after one year. You don't even have to go to college, right, for basketball? Yeah, but most of them do. There's a handful of the Kobe Bryants of the world that are, like, right out of high school, um, LeBron James's, um, stuff like that. But those are those are very much the minority. Oh, the vast majority of them will come at least some stint in college. Did you consider just skipping college and going directly to the NBA firm? I absolutely did, and then realized that I was not good enough. But I definitely thought about it. Man, I, I don't think you guys watch this, but college wrestling, the the NCAA's were on this weekend. Those guys, so impressive. It is amazing these student athletes, like and how their mindset and how determined they are. Man, if you guys don't watch college wrestling, uh, March should. Madness, baby, basketball, lots of upsets. Um, I don't watch basketball. What is the MDL one about? Is it different than the traditional L one? Content-wise, no, it is not. But it is reserved for you have medical. Have to be a doctor, right? You can be uh, a physician. Uh, I believe nurses are allowed in there. Physicians' assistant. I don't remember what the technical um, uh, cutoff uh, would of that would be, but it like help call it healthcare professionals. And um, we need to call it like oh, like call in. I don't know if we Wait, can Google could... that. How do we get callers on the show? You can do it. You have to have a third party line, I think. Let's but, do um, it. Let's add callers to the to the show, Cody. Sorry. But the uh it is it's oh, targeted okay. towards the medical community so that we can start to um work into the medical field from the ground up. So that those is only and then it used to be a running joke that Coach Glassman would speak at those and at the beginning and the whole timeline would just fall apart. So Yeah, I was gonna say he used to even like have them back at his house after. Um but if, but if you're a medical professional, certainly something to uh, check out. Hey, this brings up a, a question earlier from Omar that's kind of in the same vein. Did you say Omar? Omar. Omar. Do you all think CrossFit will ever be considered as a means to replace physical education and health in the education system, especially with all the data we have now? And no. by the way, Omar is a teacher. I don't. You're you're a music teacher, aren't you, Omar? Not a, a phys ed teacher. Uh, I don't think it will ever replace physical education, but I can definitely see uh, proactive schools making it a part of the curriculum. Yeah, it, it'll never make it into there because the education system is so broken. So like changing, the, I mean, they're just like, I mean, I, 
you'd be hard pressed to get them to eat, just put anything that would resemble PE back into some schools, much less like do CrossFit. Um, I, I agree that most of those will be, those will be administrative. Um, they'll be unique to the administration that values the physical health and, and mental health of their, um, of their students that would do that. But that'll yeah. be, it'll be private schools, charter schools, um, stuff like that. You won't see it anywhere else. Um, I have a zero hope for the education system in, in its current state. No one I miss badminton. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say like those bag milks. <laughs> no, badminton. So our, our high school used to have like a full on tournament every year after the season in, in the gym class. And I was always in the top eight. Like it was like, it was really like cutthroat. Um, do you guys know I almost became a PE teacher? Did you guys know that? Probably wouldn't have been good at that either. <laughs> I found CrossFit. Saved me from becoming a teacher. Jump rope for heart. I used to do that, Trish. We used to have an overnight every year for jump rope for heart. Did you guys have that? Did you get the President's Award? Were you I got able the to President's do the... Award okay. somewhere. Right. I think I got Clinton. I think I had Clinton back in the day. Um, did you guys do jump rope for heart? I don't think so. I did, Dan. You're absolutely right about me. Look at Dan. He's my number one fan. I bet Ackerman killed the flex arm. I, dude... In PE, I was so unathletic. Go ahead, Fern. Go ahead, what? You were, yeah. You would be. You would be. What my dad used to call. You were all. You were on the all PE team. <laughs> you should. But that's where you'd say you still are unathletic. But Correct. I couldn't do like the rope climb. I couldn't do a pull up. So about tenth grade, then I became like moderately athletic. Uh, all right, more questions, and then we got some starred ones from Cody. I see you. Apart from the L1 and L2, what specialty seminar do you think holds the highest value for most coaches and affiliate owners? Kind of talked about that, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think because it's different. It depends on, it depends on where you're at as a coach and what you need. Right. So the, the, the next best course is the, is probably the one that aligns with your greatest efficiency in order to get you to progress. So it I, could be the lesson planning course. It could be, you don't know, shit about gymnastics go take those so that you can beef up your skill set so i think it should always be an assessment of where you're deficient and then and then go there again no different than fitness i i agree i will say out of all the in-person specialty seminars gymnastics weightlifting mm -hmm. and then aerobic capacity are probably the three best kids when they had it kid um, yeah that's online only right at this point uh correct um, yeah that conjugate method there's a lot of really good interesting stuff there um i was looking at this as like a uh um more of like specific populations of people like the kids the aging athlete the adaptive courses like how can i broaden my you know my, my tool set the the adaptive was online for a while i do think there is an online component of it it'd be worth having um alec or Kevin on to talk about that, but it's a great course either way, because I think it applies uh, more broadly to just scaling in general. It's, I don't, it's not, it, it doesn't have use just, I've only taken the online version. It, it doesn't have use just in the context of, you know, adaptive athletes as defined by, you know, the adaptive athlete term. It, it could be anybody that's injured essentially, mm -hmm. whether it be permanently or temporarily. And I think uh, there's a ton of good um, <laughs> Corey with the with the Ozarks reference. Okay. Um, um, did you guys watch Ted Lasso last week? The new one. What kind of question is that? Did you watch yeah. The Mandalorian? 
I, you know, I give up on the Mandalorian, but I gotta watch the second episode of Ted Lasso tonight. We know, there's no, we now have a rift. <laughs> rift. Um, uh, yeah. So let's go one more question. If the L1 is all you need to open an affiliate, why is there no business education? Well, it's funny that you should ask. There is, in fact, business education. And if you want to go into the affiliate partner network where there are aligned, there oh. are aligned businesses to teach education, uh, you will find a small but yet intriguing company called Best Hour of Their Day that offers something called Affiliate University, where we teach affiliate owners all of these things. Um, and this is an inch. I I don't I will not speak for CrossFit on this, but I have I have been told. Uh, and heard this and they've said this at affiliate summits and I've been in many calls when they talk about this CrossFit is fully dedicated to utilizing the full spectrum of knowledge in the ecosystem to raise the overall level of affiliate owners. So there's certain things they're going to do and there's certain things they're just not going to do. And they might do a little of some things and none of uh, none of other things. Um, but the direct answer to that is because I think when coach Glassman started this, he had no intention of this was not in the vision. Well, and also keep in mind the level one is not necessarily for affiliate owners. It's for coaches, right? It's for coaches. So, you know, that's why, and you know, it, it goes back to everything we said, you know, if you want to be better at weightlifting, take weightlifting, but if you want to be better at business, we I'm are, yeah, and and you know, look no further. Look no further than us. We've done uh, some. Corey, Corey, the affiliate part network uh, wait, wait, wait. is. It's, uh, it's coming to Hulu soon. We're working on that content. We got a we got a, we got a uh, documentary series coming out. <laughs> the affiliate part network. behind the paywall, though. Like you're gonna have to pay the monthly premium. Yeah, yeah. Got, or you're hey, look, or you're gonna have to or fork up some more change here, Corey. <laughs> yeah, more than seven sixty three, whatever you donated. But we got Nikki Sharp, Brian Boucher. Joby, I mean Nick is a Brendan Ziegler, Candy Hughes, Andy. Look at all the people that have been a part of uh, Affiliate U. Uh, anyone that's been in Affiliate U, do us a favor in the comments, drop one thing you loved about it. Drop one thing. Don't go crazy. Just one thing you loved about it. And then also, Cody, per your request, while you're on here, please like. What else can they do? Subscribe. Subscribe. Share. Tell a friend that. Ackerman and Fern and Cody have a podcast every week, you know, start streaming it, but go, if we need to be better, like these videos, Katie, that's not helpful, Brian. That's not helpful. Um, but make sure you like this, give it a heart, whatever you need to do. Cause uh, we're actually growing. I see our numbers are going up. Even the people watching live, we, uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, Cody, pull up some of the questions that we've had in the chat that you've started. What do you think is the most glossed over by the attendees that could use a refresher in the post L1 email? Ooh, so what 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 thing do the the participants of the seminar kind of grasp the least at the end of a level one? Well, typically based on the questions at the end of the seminar, it's the definition of CrossFit, but um... <laughs> and maybe one of the models of fitness typically. Yeah, no yeah. the. Um, I think I, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a tough question because of the, again, some of those, at least the theory lectures specifically are, are pretty robust in their 
content and the depth of that content is is several layers deep. But what I would say, I, I think most people gloss over is the the main kind of salient point of the technique lecture, because this is the thing like everybody's just like, oh, CrossFit jump. And I'm like, there's literally a lecture based solely on that topic inside of the level one. And I think people, even when we give it, I think people, it's hard for them to grasp because intensity, the idea of intensity and the, and the impact of intensity is so aggressive that it tends to overshadow this idea of balance of technique and intensity. Yeah. I now would throw on there just understanding coaching is not just, you know, running around giving cues because they see us coaching the small groups and not recognizing like an earlier question that we have about that threshold of like, we're taking someone too far. And I think you gain a lot of that at the level two. Cody. Wait, what are you asking me? Is there, are there any other questions? Oh yeah. We have another question. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were asking me about this question. I want to be as good as the seminar staff. What do I do to become that good of a coach? Obviously, besides extra education, which I'm already doing. Coach. That's it. A lot. And get feedback on your coaching. Where are you from, Yanitza? Where are you at? Drop it if you're still here in the the chat. Maybe we can hook you up with somebody. Uh, While Yanitza's North Carolina. we got I, this is a top this is a topic that got brought up so on that on that note because a lot of people have this question and it, it, to some degree was brought up in a call today and I, and I think this is worth stating maybe not we'll find that it. it's a that's a hard that's a that's a difficult pursuit seminar staff yes and by its very nature it's not easy and I think a lot of people want it to be easy, meaning they're like, oh, well, this should be closer and I should have access to this. And, uh, you know, we should think about this and that. And I'm like, it's not supposed to be easy. It's hard. When you think it, about being difficult is part of the filter for doing something like that. Like it's supposed to be hard. And what I mean by that is like, you're going to have to sacrifice. Like you're, you're going to have to spend your own money to travel to somebody's gym and have them coach and, Give, have somebody give you feedback and in air quotes waste time doing drills. Um, it, it is it is time consuming because the, the, the everybody that wears a red shirt is is in the ongoing pursuit of mastery. And when you and you if you're trying to put yourself in that group of people, it's just assumed that this is going to be difficult and it's going to take a long time. Yep. So what I would do, you need to is I would I would settle in and I would be okay with. The, I heard a quote recently it was just stop asking how long it's going to take and what it's going to cost it's going to take how long it's going to take and it's going to cost what it's going to cost so just start cutting checks i like that who said that sounds like your dad it was me <laughs> talking to your four-year-old stop yeah. asking how yeah it's like, listen <laughs> listen it's going to cost what it's going to cost son um, um, no, but I think it's important, like that, going back to what you said earlier, Jay, like it's about the journey. And, and if you and if you really take that on and be like, be like, what's it going to cost? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm willing to pay any amount in my time and money in order to get where I want to go. And that's going to, and I'm willing to invest any amount of time, whether it's six months of just complete solidarity or five years of 
slowly chipping away at this thing. Like it's going to cost what it's going to cost and it's going to take a long, it's going to take. So just start moving in that direction. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're obviously spot on about it. And I, w- I was doing, you know, watching college wrestling this past weekend, looking at the percentage of wrestlers that start and make it to a division one school and 1%, less than 1%. I'm sure it's up there with basketball too. Right. And it's the same with this. Like this, this is the pros. <laughs> Fern quoting Fern is Michael Scott. That's funny. Uh, that is funny. The, uh, um, wait, wait, before hold, you pull up on, this question. No, pull up this question when you're ready. But uh, from Jorge, I'll start here. Cody. We'll get there. But Raleigh, who do you know in Raleigh, Fern, for Yanita? Oh, um, Ashley Totten is close to Raleigh. And um, who else? Is Donnie there? in that area? Donnie uh, Forbes. He's not on. He's not on seminar staff anymore. But he's he's like not in Raleigh. He's in like um, not Silver Springs. Like closer to Asheville, um, Andy, um, uh, Hendel? Hendel is uh, close to Raleigh. Um, when I say Where's close, you? I mean within a couple hours, within you know two three hours of Raleigh. So there's a few uh, people you can head to. You need to, and if yeah. you need if you need more clarity on that, email uh, Cody, and then he'll pass it on. Is that cool, Cody? Yeah. Cody at besthouroftheirday.com. Uh, yeah, pull it up for uh, Jorge. Coach Can we talk about coach ethics? Have well, some points I'd like to ask. So ask away here, Jorge, so that we can get those answered. The thing about ethics is... <laughs> it's ethical. Um, in Orlando. Orlando. Who do we know? Uh, Santiago Callejos is in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Amazing yeah, so member. He owns Riptide. You know, so Todd is in... Todd's Todd down Kudo's in Florida. In, in um, um, St. Augustine. Melissa Reed is down there. She's, I uh, believe, in uh, like the Boca area. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else is down there. Because, I mean, there's a ton. Yeah. In that Florida. Uh, Chris Russell's at Jack's, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Plenty of people in, in the, in at least Florida. I know that's not all Orlando. Uh, and I'm sure there's more. We're just trying to come off the top of our head. Uh, Jorge, hit us with those ethical questions if you have them uh, before we wrap up the show. If there's any other questions you guys have, yeah, if you guys ever, you know, are in an area and you're like, who can I go see? Shoot us an email and we will, we will try to point you in the right direction. Uh, and, you know, as a coach, how deep can we go into the life of our athletes? How deep can we get involved? Ooh, it's a slippery hurt. slope. <laughs> a slippery slope is what I'll tell you. Um, all right, Jay, I'll let you go. <laughs> um. I think it goes answer back first, to answer first as creepy J of pre 2015. Well, I almost did it where he goes, how deep, how deep can we go? And I wanted to do a little, that's what she said, but I refrained. I refrained today. I'm trying to be professional on this show. So I think, I think it goes back. I don't remember who asked this earlier, if we were just talking about it, about like, overwhelming, right? overcoaching, I think. So somebody asked, it was it Jorge about this? Mm. And, and I think it's the same thing. You have members there that are there to get fit and they don't want, they living, whether happy or miserable lives, they don't want your input. And then you have plenty of members that want your input to a fault. Like you're going to have major extremes and, and you have to determine like what that means for you, what involvement you want to have. And I will tell you, you also have to draw boundaries because I've had people reaching out to me about things that they shouldn't be reaching out to me about. And, you know, you, 
you have to be willing to be like, Hey, this is either not my scope, you know, not my business. I don't want it to be my business or I feel, you know, uncomfortable with this. So, you know, with that being said, certainly at your affiliate, you should be forging amazing relationships. And to me, a sign of a good affiliate, I mean, Fern's been at like eight weddings this year alone from his affiliate. Right. Or, you know, you've married multiple people from your affiliate, like yeah, so many three. of us three. So, I mean, you should be creating that. And some of that comes from this, but at the same time, it should be welcomed by your people and, 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 and you, you will know when that is happening. Yeah. I think that I would give it like a kind of a weird, not answer, but we'll, we'll use the, the, what is fitness lecture? Like how much of any one of these 10 general, general physical skills do we want is only enough to increase the curve or increase the area underneath the curve. And it's like, how, how much involved do I want to be in my client's life? Only as much as it's beneficial to both of us, right? At the second, it, it, the second there's that kind of teeter totter goes in one direction or the other, and, and it becomes negatively impactful. Mm -hmm then I think it's too much. And something that I learned uh, a couple years ago was when you're a new coach, you're just so, so eager to help people with everything. And it's just like, first understand your scope. Like you're not, a, you're not a life coach. You're not a counselor. You're not an addiction uh, coach. You're, you're none of those things. Um, and it can be really easy to, to be giving input that, you're not qualified or experienced or have enough life experience to be giving to people. And just know that like, yo, this is probably not, you know, for me. And I think understanding this concept of trauma bonding, when somebody's bringing you a lot of their stuff and you're like, Oh, I totally like that's, you have to be able to learn to kind of like disconnect yourself from certain scenarios. Um, and sometimes your best advice would be like, you should go see somebody about that. I can't help you. Um, so I guess that's a, a little bit of a deeper answer, but well, let's let's dig into his follow up. Also, I work in an affiliate in Houston, and the previous coach was kicked out due to sleeping with some clients. I think so. The the clients didn't they didn't like it or what? Well, I, I don't think it was non consensual from the sound of it. I think it was consensual, but not not but frowned upon by management. It's uh, definitely not uh, a way to get follow on hires uh, for sure. You know, I think. If you own an affiliate, it's, I want to say inevitable that there's going to be some, you know, shenanigans happening at the box, right? There's going to be relationships. It's not bad. Right. It's not a bad thing. And it's, I've had many people who've met in the gym. Like, you're about to say, I've slept with many members. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> that's where you we're you almost tripped me up. You almost tripped me up. I almost <laughs> gave myself away. No, but, and, and I, you, you know, one of our, I, don't, I won't say any names just in case, but th they were asking me about like, Hey, I got this coach and they've slept with a ton of people. And I'm like, well, this is where they hang out. This is where they have fun. This is where they interact with people. The alternative is having a coach that goes out drinking and partying and that's where they meet people. Right. It's like, like having college friends. <laughs> You're like, they slept with one of their friends. I'm like, well, that's not weird. They're together all the time. <laughs> it's, it's a problem when it becomes a problem, right? Like, I've met, you know, I dated members when I owned the box. And, you know, if you're not a turd, you can end those relationships like you would, whether they were members or not, right? Like, but you're going to meet people at your affiliate, be it an owner, a coach, or a member. And I think that's a sign that you're running a, a good, healthy community.
Now, yeah, I, I mean, if a gentleman wrong. wants to make those rules, you can make those rules. That can how be you, you know, but then how are you going to police it, right? Like, make those well, rules. I mean, if, if it's very it? clearly stated in some sort of employee agreement or or uh, employment agreement that you can't do that, I mean, it's pretty black and white. Like, you can't do it. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. Just says no. Um, it's kind of like doing testosterone. You know, <laughs> I don't care how you feel about it. If it's against the rules, it's against the rules. And if you get caught, regardless of why you're using it you're, you're going to get penalized for it. Um, I, I think your job there more importantly than that is to, is to make it very clear what the rules are right. with regard to that. Like whether they do or they don't, the rule is like, you can't bring your shit in here. And, and if I, that happens, everybody goes away. This is a Corey. I literally almost use that same quote. This is classic Seinfeld. George sleeps with his secretary and he's like, if I knew that was wrong, I wouldn't have done it, right? But going back to your um, what you just said, I had a coach, love the dude. We're still very close friends, and you you met him, Fern, when we were in Austin, and mm-hmm. and I, our rule was like you can do what you do, but if that person leaves the gym because of you, like we have a problem. Never did that happen, and he, you know had quite a few consensual relationships, but there was never an issue. And I was like, all right, like you're doing something right. And at the same time, it was like, I don't think his intent was just to sleep around. Like he, you know, was a young guy and he was dating girls. And it's like, there's a, you know, you know, those people, what were you doing it for the, you know, were you being appropriate or not? So cool. All right. So let's wrap up there. Thank you guys for your questions. Thank you guys for your contributions. I can't tell, but have they liked this video, Cody? Have they been liking it, sharing it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Tell your, tell your friend to tell their friend. Ackerman and Fern have a podcast every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Monday now. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> that, that dude, he's a chiropractor. Uh, in, uh, he was from North Naples CrossFit. Good. Here's the thing with Steve. This is a fantastic story. Lee is a fit and handsome dude. I did not coerce him. He happened to coerce me. But he, will, he willingly got into a relationship with you? Willingly got into a relationship with me. Lee's a great example of a young guy joins the box, and I was fitter than him. And then just gradually over time, he became significantly fitter than I was. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, good, to, good to hear from you, Lee. Hope everything's going well down there. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, Mondays, we got the affiliate hot seat now. Is that that's at 4 p.m. Eastern? So not yet. We got one. We got one more on Thursday. We we're actually we've uh, we've got Audrey. I hope I'm saying that right from the Netherlands. And I had already rescheduled on him twice, and so I was like, I'm not going to reschedule again because he's in a different time zone. That's so. tomorrow. This Thursday. Not, no, no, not gonna this be, Thursday. It's going to be on, on Thursday, and then we're going all Mondays from there. All but Mondays. That's next, that's, that's next Thursday, the 30th, though. Not cool. this. Thursday. Is there an episode no, Thursday? Not, not as in tomorrow. Thursday or Friday this week? We did one on Monday. So you had Monday. Tomorrow we got the progression. Who we got, Cody? Um, Josh Francisco. Oh, Josh is coming on? Yeah. Old 97? Uh, talk about North Carolina. He's in North Crushing Carolina. down there with his affiliate. Yeah. Young can, we talk about, can we talk about when uh, when he joined real quick, affiliate? Yeah, yeah, I remember that story. When his he was so how old is Josh 20, 21, 22, 22 maybe 21. he's super young so this was he he might not have even been twenty at the time 
Yeah. And he's like opening his village and his, and his dad is basically interviewing me to see if he trusts us to work with his son. <laughs> yeah. And, and long story short, Josh did a great job, was in our continuing ed program, uh, just crushing it down there. Um, I'm really excited to talk to him. That's cool. So that's tomorrow at uh, 3.30 Eastern, 3.30 Eastern. By the way, outside of the podcast stuff, certainly check out the Instagram. Like Cody and Fern spoke about earlier, the knowledge is dropping. I see new new content uh, coming out all the time. And if you're going to be at any of the summits, Fern's going to be at, oh, what's the next one? DC, right? Two weeks in uh, Glen Burnie, which is kind of outside of uh, Annapolis, DC area. Firm I think that one, that one is packed. I, th I think there's well over 200 people registered. We'll see how many show up, but it, it'll be a oh. lot of people. David Osorio is going to be there. So you guys will be doing your thing. Psychedelics. Um, psychedelics with Dave. <laughs> and um, next week, Cody, where can they su submit questions for the AUA? Best best place will be to email me, but I'll also put out some Instagram posts. that will be like a question post, so you can just post them there, and I'll gather all of them to bring onto the show. Or just show up on the show, like in the chat. Yeah, like we, love it. Pack, we love and... inter uh, interacting with you guys in the chat. Now we've got an official whack pack. Uh, who was it again? Trish, Mike, Nick, and Corey, uh, the official whack pack. Yes, and next week, by next week, Cody, try to have the call-in function available for us. We'll see what I, I can. You've do. got nothing else to do all week long. <laughs> you're you're getting paid well. You've probably so, so Bond does it on his show, but I don't know how. So does he? People well, he have used to. Call yeah, yeah. Savan does it. Um, it's, there's a way to do it. I don't know how to do it. Trish, you have, Trish, you're not getting my number. You, <laughs> it's Trish, for my you, wife. You put. <laughs> The funniest comment on one of my posts not too long ago, I can't remember which one it was, but I put it like a pretty serious post and you put up such a funny comment that it had me laughing. I just didn't respond because I don't want to, it's like, I don't want to respond to everyone, but you put something so funny up. I wish I could remember which post it was. I'll have to look, but it, it cracked me up. It got a, It got an LOL, Trish. So I appreciate you. Um, all right. Great episode. We got Q&A next week. Then we go right, by the way, breaking down the level two. Cody, rattle off some of the guests we got. Uh, we've got Teffy. We've got EC. We've got... Um, Pat Steve. Barber, Pat Joe Barber. DeGain, Steve Haydock, Jen Hunter Marshall. Yeah. We got rock, some star. rock stars. The level two is going to be next level, if you get it. I, intend to. <laughs> I see um, what you did there. <laughs> all right. We'll wrap okay. it up on Nikki Sharp's note. Go watch some Ted Lasso tonight. Have some fun. Be a goldfish. And we will see you all tomorrow on The Progression. See ya. See ya.